Leaving a Legacy is brought to you by hipstersofthecoast.com and can be found on the Top Deck app every Friday. You can support the show directly at patreon.com slash leavingalegacy. Magic is power. And like there were onions everywhere. Hello everyone, welcome to Zucchini Cast, where we talk about different forms of zucchini. Uh, is it in pasta form? Is it in zoodle form? What is up with zucchini this week? Is it? Uh, is it zucchini? Joining us, uh, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Jerry. Don't use zucchini me. What's no, up, I'm, Jerry? I'm, I'm pro zucchini noodle. I'm on the pro zucchini noodle side of the fence. Okay, well, I'm on the, I'm on the con side. I'm on the <laughs> listen. I don't want my zucchini to be anything but zucchini. Zucchini is good. It's, it's a, a healthy alternative. It's a healthy alternative. Is it a vegetable? I think it's. Is it a vegetable? Zucchini is a vegetable. vegetable. Yeah. I, I let you know. I, I own a zoodler, so a I will be. I will be neutral. <laughs> neutral for all questions about zoodle. New, if you, zucchini wait, preparation. <laughs> time out. Time out. If you own a kitchen tool that only makes zucchini into zoodles, you're not like you're not a neutral party. Here. Have, it's in the box. Someone bought it for me. It is in the box. Okay. I have used right, it before. Right. Uh, so I've it's never... it's it's Schrodinger zoodler. Then. You know, it, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's in the box, but we don't necessarily know if it makes zucchini noodles or not it could be it could just be a dead cat you have no idea i have no idea it's in the box it's on the shelf that would be a so- terrible wedding prank they give, you a, like, <laughs> they give you a kid in as like a wedding present don't tell you about it it's just in the box oh, i don't like fresh dead cats garage. i don't want old dead cats desiccated dead cats i want them to still be fresh so i can play with them <laughs> I wanted the zucchini noodle, or we're all disappointed <laughs> all around. That Listen, would be the I, worst. If I have a choice between a dead cat and a zucchini noodle, or I'm taking the cat, bro. Uh, <laughs> just imagine it's Thanksgiving, your whole family's there, you guys are getting ready for dinner. You know, someone chose spaghetti, obviously, instead of the traditional Thanksgiving fare. You have your vegetarian sister there, you go to get the zoodler out. You open the box, it's mittens. Just a dead cat. <laughs> Just a dead cat. <laughs> How long has that been in there? Well, I got this in 2015. Yeah, it's pretty It's pretty mummified now. Can't play with it anymore. <laughs> oh, you guys are making me sad. <laughs> you started this. I don't even like zucchini noodles all that much. I just they're just a healthy alternative. I would rather have regular noodles. The reason why we got on this train of thought is because Pat, did you know they sell pasta in buckets now? Wait, what? <laughs> like cooked pasta? Yeah. So, the, so this is what started this. There's a new chain coming to the uh, Arizona metropolitan it's, market. It's going to be the bit, next big thing. It's it's like the, the Taco Bell of Italian food. <laughs> it's called <laughs> Buy the Bucket Hot Spaghetti Shut to up. Go. Wait, <laughs> hot spaghetti? That's hot the full name. spaghetti to go. <laughs> the full name, Buy the Bucket colon hot spaghetti to go <laughs> you can look it up by the bucket.com trademark 20 something 2017 Pat, we're ditching boston market we have a new <laughs> corporate sponsor for the Listen, podcast i mean you can't get much lower than boston market right <laughs> um I, I want to buy my pasta in units of measurement dictated by volume that is how i would like <laughs> to purchase pasta <laughs> But this is America, so you have to choose like non-normal units of measure. Like a hel- the sizes are helmet, um, auto tire, and bucket seat. Oh my! Excellent. <laughs> I haven't been this happy since Costco started selling five-gallon buckets of macaroni salad. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it out there. Made macaroni salad, like cooked, like like yeah, like like made mac- made. <laughs> you need a five-gallon five bucket. gallons. Got a big, a big families to feed out here in the West. That, listen, that is a mass. That five, it's a side, guys. It's a side at best. At best. <laughs> Have you been to like a Hawaiian restaurant? Like the macaroni cheese, that's center plate. Or the macaroni a Hawaiian? Salad. I've not. I didn't know there was such a thing as a Hawaiian restaurant. Yeah, so out here we have a bunch of Hawaiian restaurants, and it's like Kalua pork and teriyaki chicken, and the sides are rice. And macaroni salad. Hold on. Time out. Time out. So in Hawaii, they're making macaroni and and teriyaki chicken? And and spam mushubis, yeah. So spam I get. Spam is like a like a Hawaiian like staple, right? <laughs> Pat, 
Pat, you have to realize the entire like culinary discipline of Hawaii is based around like GIs taking their sea <laughs> rations and mixing it with like whatever local meat they can find and so throwing it all together. So that's why you have like Kahlua pork and macaroni salad as your staple. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, man, America has just ruined so many cultures. Like, like, <laughs> just I don't know, man. I don't know. If if Moana taught me anything is that we've ru- we've lost something great, you know. <laughs> That's not around. That's not there anymore. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, once again, this podcast brought to you by Buy the Buckets Hot Spaghetti to Go. Yeah. Is, is this like only a West Coast thing? Like, I'm really, if this is another like In and Out Burger type situation, I'm going to be really upset. I, honestly, I think it came down from the mountain. I think it's from Payson, Arizona. Like <laughs> it came down from the mountains. It came down from the mountains. There is definitely one in Payson, Arizona. I am looking at the website right now. It has <laughs> 200. As 285 Google reviews with an average of 4.7 stars. This place is fucking slamming, bro. <laughs> yeah, how can you fail when you're selling pasta by the bucket? 4.7 like, stars? Damn. We that's lived a... in... Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I'm just, I'm just, I'm baffled looking at this, I mean, this picture. The only, right th- the only thing better than by the bucket is I lived in Temecula over COVID for work. And there was a place that we never got to go to. But if I remember correctly, it was Vince's Spaghetti Express. And it was spaghetti by the bucket. Huh. So I'm looking at some of these things. I have a picture of someone who's <laughs> looks like they had like, what's the size up from like a pint, like a quart, like a quart, maybe a half gallon. They're sitting in what I would call a. It's definitely a car because I can see the glove box behind them. They have a plastic fork holding a spaghetti. And in their lap, they have an almost empty bucket of spaghetti. Of, of, <laughs> I'm sorry, of meatballs. Like they're holding this. a meatball. <laughs> This person has sat in a car and probably housed, I'm going to say, 30 meatballs. <laughs> like, that's, that's, you, you got to want to have some meatballs, be eating 30 meatballs in a car by yourself. By or maybe yourself. it's, maybe you're just having a sad day, Pat. Did you think of that? <laughs> a sad, do I want to eat 30 meatballs? Maybe, maybe. I got to <laughs> say, though, I'm looking at some of these pictures. It looks all right. Like, honestly, like, <laughs> If I wasn't doing keto right now, I would get. Ooh, I see some toast. Looks like some maybe some garlic bread. They they have just to ruin your regional, you know, ethnic regional cuisine. Have you guys heard of Jolly Bee? Jolly Bean. Jolly Bee. You're gonna you're gonna need to look this one up. Okay. I don't know if I can explain it to you. It's J O L L I B E E. Oh, that's and a lot is, of that's a lot of chicken. It's a fi- wait. Keep look at the menu. I'm I I googled Jollibee and what came up is this man wearing a red tuxedo with a red bee mascot. Is this, it's Filipino in, spaghetti. It's fried chicken and Filipino spaghetti. So so main ingredients. <laughs> He's standing are, in front of like lit, probably over three hundred fried chicken, like so, in a, a hundred gallon bucket, lording so over what, it. <laughs> top question is what is Jollibee spaghetti made of? Spaghetti made of. And it's a main dish from the Philippines. Uh, it has spaghetti, tomato sauce, tomato paste. Okay, that's all. That's all. Yeah, makes sense. Banana ketchup. Two words I didn't know went together. Okay. <laughs> or brown sugar, which I could see. Uh, Ginnelling. I wish I don't know this. Hot dogs. You lost me. And cheese. Back yeah. into the cheese. No, 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 no. The banana ketchup and the hot dogs. That makes perfect sense. Banana. I can't believe you made it to hot dog before they left. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could get behind everything. Banana ketchup. I got is that ketchup? Like, I don't know. We're gonna do another Google search here. <laughs> Banana ketchup. Oh, okay. Banana ketchup recipe. <laughs> what? It's just pureed bananas. That sounds about right. Oh, vinegars. Okay, mashed bananas, vinegars, and spices. The brownish yellow color was not very appetizing, so a little red dye was added, turning it to what is now known as banana ketchup. Oh, so it just huh. looks like ketchup. So so it looks like ketchup, kind of... but it's bananas. But it's been so it's like a lie. That's probably where <laughs> the red from the website came from. Like it's that dyed artificial red. Oh, that's banana ketchup. Cool. So huh. Yeah, I'm okay. Well. <laughs> there's a lid for every pot and someone's eating this shit like it, it's popular pop- in the philippines it's i guess popular i mean it's just popped up there was a line around it for like a week um wow. it was i mean people love it as people wow. lightly but people love it 
people are making this stuff at home because you can get a copycat jolly spaghetti. Where, and I want to look at the locations. I want to actually know where they're from. Why? Why is Jolly Bee spaghetti so good? Many of the ingredients you put in this kind of spaghetti are inexpensive and easy. Doesn't make it good. Doesn't make it good. <laughs> um, guys, there's there's four in New Jersey that you wow. can make this, you could make this happen. Okay, so uh, all right, can I uh, guys, pivot guys, into wait. other? <laughs> Pat, can you keep it down? I'm on the other line with uh, by the buckets investor relations. <laughs> Hold on. Can we pivot into another weird like so there's a there's this pizza place in Fitchburg, which is the city I'm working in right now, that um like so like our GF got some pizzas delivered there. This is like a couple months ago, and the, the sauce was like really sweet, like really sweet, really, really sweet. And he was like really excited to tell us, guys, you know what's in the sauce? And like, I'm getting a little nervous. He's like they put orange soda in their spaghetti sauce for their pizzas. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Why? Horrible. I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you guys are close enough to like the East Coast where someone will come burn your restaurant down, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I for say, sure. I feel like but... pizzas, pizza on the East Coast is pretty important. It's not, it's not too like, it's not too uppity in like Boston, but I bet like you get down to New York, like where you have some, like, I, mean, I guess, well, there's some pretty pretty Italian people in Boston, I gotta say. Or those weirdos in Rhode Island eating what they think is called pizza. What are you talking about? Hey, if you're talking about cheeseless pizza, Jerry, you better watch. <laughs> it's not fucking mouth, pizza. Jerry. It's it's not even baked. It's 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 raw bread with no, it's tomato not raw paste. bread, tomato no, paste, okay. and then they call it pizza. Like that is Jerry, not pizza, <laughs> Jerry. I'm gonna drive up to Boston and punch you in the dick right now. That pizza, Rhode is Island so pizza, good. is not pizza. I'm bringing it to the next LAL open. I'm going to bring it for everybody. I'm going to hand it out. It's it's disgusting here. Hey, you know what's the best part about pizza? It being hot and cheesy and good. Let's take that away. Let's make it cold and let's take the cheese off of it and call it pizza because we're from Rhode Island and we can't afford cheese. It's it's round salad pizza is so good. You get it like the best bakeries. It's not raw bread, Jerry. It's just been baked and then they cool it. It's fucking raw. Oh, it's so it's so good. There's no cheese. It's just sauce. It is uh it is a delicacy. It is, and I'm here for it. Um, Speaking of, we do need to get on getting the uh, date set for the next LAL Open. We got we yeah, got we should do that. Michelle again. Yeah, I need to know when I have to uh, pre-order my uh, eleven Italian tomato pies so I can get them. Uh, <laughs> you hear it? You heard it here first, guys. Uh, maybe we'll we'll use the cast budget for that, Pat. We'll just uh, <laughs> bring some I, oh, some Jerry? Rhode Island Rhode, uh, yes. Rhode Island pizza yes. and Boston Market chicken. <laughs> yeah. So for for our, for for our listeners, Rhode Island pizza comes from bakeries, not yes. pizza parlors. Correct. It's cheeseless, Correct. heavy on the tomato sauce, yes. and eaten on room temperature. That's we're eating at room temperature. That's and exact... it's cut into squares or strips. <laughs> it's cut into squares. So it's, is it focaccia? It's no, it's not quite focaccia. It's oh, it, focaccia the, has the, more flavor. In <laughs> the dough is like in the, but it's not quite pizza dough either. It's 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 it's. Listen, man, it's just Rhode Island, baby. It's Rhode Island flavor, baby. You have some of that with a big glass of coffee milk. Ooh wee, let's it's go. Kind of, it does say focaccia like. It says it is an it is a Italian Canadian baked good. Yeah, it's it's fantastic, and it's it makes sense. Focaccia if you don't have any other ingredients <laughs> except pizza sauce. <laughs> focaccia does focaccia barely has any ingredients as it is. It's true. It's got a lot of spices though. Got a lot of herbs and spices yeah, and olive fan- oil. You guys, and olive fancy. Oil. you guys are getting fancy with your herbs and spices and olive oil. Oh, so good. Oh, that's I'm looking that's, at that's, that's, that's I, flavorings. <laughs> Once again, I am doing keto right now, so I'm like, you're looking at this pizza. I'm gonna want to eat all of it right now. So this is uh, this has been fantastic. Listen, I'm gonna circle back to buy the bucket because this place is expanding <laughs> like crazy. There are so many opening nows and coming up, but almost like 90 percent of them are in Arizona. They got I, some- it, it, I think it just came down from the mountains. Like the the little amount that I looked from, there was one in Payson, and I didn't even know there was one in Payson. But when I saw it, because there's nothing up in there's nothing in Payson. It's a super rural mountain town. We got we we got one coming soon in Shawnee, Oklahoma, <laughs> and we got another coming in Springdale, Utah. So they're expanding. It sounds, Jerry, like there's like some kind of investment opportunity. Uh, there that's you, that's right? why I'm on hold. I'm on hold with investor relations. <laughs> sounds I'm like them all the so money. Many. There's so many coming soon. I'd, I'd like I'd like a minority stake in your company, please. I'll take that. I'll take my shares in buckets of buckets of pasta, please. 
I I made a, a good, a good tiny bit of money with Shake Shack. There is a lot of money to be made in, uh, in fast, casual dining in America. <laughs> I think it doesn't have to go public first. Well, that's why you call investor relations. You get in on the ground uh... floor. That way, when it goes IPO, you sell to the schmucks in uh, Wall Street bets and make a tidy profit. That's how the big boys do it. I was gonna say that's playing both sides of the both sides of the aisle right there. Yeah, so I always come out on top, <laughs> <laughs> or at the, at the very least with buckets of spaghetti. With yeah, like at the very least, I'm gonna get a lot of free buckets of spaghetti at the investor relations conferences. <laughs> that's, that's how, how much of a bummer would it be if you were at that conference, like the shareholders meeting, and it's not like catered by buckets of pasta? It's like <laughs> someone else. It's all a bunch of zucchini noodles. Can you imagine how ripped off you feel? If you don't believe in your product. <laughs> if you if you uh, own Sam Adams stock, you get to go to the investor relations meeting and they let you sample all the beer they're coming out with that year. Like you, they, I mean, you have to, right? Like that's, I, that's... I bought shares in Sam Adams just for the invite to that. Of course you did. <laughs> it's not surprising to me at all. Uh, it's a great time. You got to You got to get the perks where you can get them. <laughs> hey, I feel you, man. I feel you. Um, well, we got stuff to discuss tonight, right? I think, this, I mean, other than like wild, wacky regional cuisine. Yeah, it's true. I mean, as much as I'd like to continue our spaghetti cast, uh, we do have some legacy to talk about tonight. Uh, speaking of, I don't think we actually even bothered to introduce our guest, Pat. <laughs> no, I'm the culinary advisor to the show. Yes, yeah, cul- I- <laughs> culinary advisor, Anthony Riviera, master chef, and also master legacy player, uh, recently taking down the uh, Arizona, uh, what is it, Magic City Champs or what? Uh, what's the MS stand for? Yeah, so it's Arizona Master Series. So, Master Series, um, that's what I know. It is. I know a couple people have been on talking about it, but they have eight events throughout the year. Um, if you win, you're automatically qualified to the one at the end of the year, the Masters event. Um, and then otherwise, it's uh, points based. So there's eight champions and there's eight qualifiers at large. I am actually the t- last last year I won the event, so I am the reigning legacy master of arizona and then i actually won the second event which was the arizona master cities cities champ um i believe it was was gamers guild so i'm gonna say that's phoenix you solidify your reign you're you're solidifying your territories consolidating your rule uh you are lording over all of arizona at this stage is is at this stage i am and i actually i top aided the first event so um this actually might put an end to my reign because I don't, you know, I, I'm already qualified now for next year. Last year, I was the points leader. Um, I took second and one and top eight a bunch, but I still had to play in all of them to qualify. Uh, now that I'm qualified, it's, um, you know, I get to look out and let everyone else battle to see who gets to play with me. <laughs> you're you're the final boss on like episode 692 of the anime. <laughs> That's too many episodes. Too many. I'll, too many episodes. Sitting, I'll be sitting there on a mountain with a tabernacle pressed on my forehead. Pat, like seasons one through five are like kind of slow, but once you get through that, it's just all gas after that. (laughs) Uh, And Anthony, your preferred weapon of choice is, of course, lands. You want to take us through kind of your current builds and what's kind of going on with the the lands meta right now? Sure. And um, the lands meta is wild right now. The Discord actually just had to split into two between traditional lands and the eight mulch or eight mana bond mulch and winding way deck right so i am i am a lands traditionalist um two colors um as aggressive as possible um my list is fairly stock and it's been the same 73 cards for probably the last six months i ran the same list uh for the ragavan series as well Mm -hmm. um and with the printing of Urza Saga, it's I believe it's just the best Urza Saga deck. Like it controls Urza Saga, controls the other opponents' Urza Sagas with the Wastelands. Your constructs are huge and actually run um, three expedition maps uh, to make sure that my sagas can continually, you know, chain into other sagas. Um, so I do believe it's the best Urza Saga deck right now. Which, with how you know format defining Urza Saga is, that's a huge thing to be able to say. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I play three Yavimaya Cradle of the Grove, um, and that's specifically for all non-interactive matchups. Like that just allows the fastest combo possible. 
um, you know, with it, multiple crop rotations or just getting, you know, turn three natural 2020s as often as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. um, and it also helps with the board with the endurances and the chokes and, you know, obviously the crop rotations and multiple life from alums. Um, I don't run any of the enchantments uh, because I believe all three drops main make you lo lose massive amounts of percentage to Delver. And I mean, Delver's kind of been a uh, traditional square off for the lands deck, you know, coming in and out of, uh, you know, whether the deck's favored or not. Like, uh, like you mentioned, Punishing Fire in the past, uh, you're not running it. Do you feel that like really affects? Oh, no, I'm sorry. You are running the Punishing Fire. Forgive me. I take that back. Um, do you feel that just gives you the edge up in that matchup? Uh, I don't think I've lost to Delver with this list, period, um, in any capacity. Uh, I just think with um, specifically because of the expedition maps, like you mm -hmm. just have so much, you have such so much access to wasteland tabernacle, which is basically the whole matchup right now. Like just having access to multiple wastelands and a tabernacle on by, you know, by turn one or by turn two, mm -hmm. uh, just puts the brakes on almost all Delver players. So, I mean, between that, the dark, the depths being great, the fact that they have to rely on price of progress now, because, um, Blood Moon is kind of no longer playable for them because we have we run the endurances or the Bose Juice. Sorry, um, I, I do not think I've lost to Delver this this iteration or the previous iteration um, in any event, hmm. and I believe that's accurate. Nice, awesome. And now, is anyone still playing the black version of Lands, or is it all uh, you know pretty much going over to the the green white version? Oh, the, the, the depths players, um, we have a huge uh, green-black depths player in Arizona, um, Daniel Espinoza. He actually has a GP top eight in Japan with the deck. Mm -hmm. And he feels that the black-green version is, you know, almost unplayable right now. Really? Um, yeah, and I kind of think it's, I was just having this conversation a little bit ago. It's kind of the Veil of Summer problem. Like, the deck is really, really bad towards Veil of Summer. And Veil did such a good job at existing that now the green black deck isn't played, which means Veil isn't played. Yep. Because there's there's very few Veils in anyone's sideboard, but if the green black version exists, Veil of Summer is just such a beating for all of its interaction. Yeah, uh, we kind of talked about that with Bryant uh, the other week about how Veil of Summer is kind of like eating itself because it it was so good at its job that it just pushed all of the, its best targets into extinction. <laughs> so now no one's bothering to play Veil, but no one's going back to those old decks. I had the same thought with Basaju. Uh, mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it's been out for how long? I believe I've cast it once, and it was at this last tournament. And in that it's been in my deck and I've never cast it before, I actually targeted a basic land because I've never played, I've literally never played the card. Like when the card was shown... And it came out, you're like, wow, you're going to have so many juicy targets for this Paseju. I'm playing two of them. Like, it took my Ghost Quarter and my Ancient Tomb. Um, mm -hmm. Those are the only changes I've made in the deck in, I believe, six months. And now that Paseju is legal, there's no Back to Basics. There's no um, Blood Moons floating around. Yep. Like, And then the, the, the traditional or the 8-cast deck, like the main artifact deck, is too fast for Paseju to really get going. Mm -hmm. um, or to be able to do anything. Uh, so I've cast it once. It was on a basic land, which I then learned was incorrect. And um, I actually talked about taking the deck out because, or taking that card out because it did its job so well that it might not be playable anymore. <laughs> <laughs> wow, nice. Uh, so what about your uh, your tournament day? I see plenty of uh, Blue-Red Delver in the top eight. Uh, I'm guessing you probably played against it at least once during the day. <laughs> Um, how, how was your day overall? So my tournament was really weird. I sit down, um, the, and the first two matchups really explain how my day went and just how, how hot I ran. Uh, my first matchup was against, uh, uh, Ad Nauseam Tendrils, and I actually won 2-0. Um, the, the opponent made 14 Goblin Tokens on, I believe, turn one or turn two, and gave me the Wishclaw Talisman. So I was actually just able to <laughs> use the Wishlaw Talisman to go get the to go get the Tabernacle, and then I made Urza Saga tokens in one. And nice. then on game two, we both just mulliganed a ton, um, and I was able to get there on the back of like wastelands and pyroblasts. Uh, he wasn't able to 
he wasn't able to establish any mana base whatsoever. Um, I didn't see anything, and my, my sideboard is just the four sphere of resistance, and then a lot of prayer, because, you know, Choke Endurance, Force of Vigor, and Pyre Blast, most of them come in, but it's really just because it's better than Punishing Fire. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't really draw anything. He kept a hand with Interaction to, like, destroy the Sphere of Resistance, but I never drew it. I drew a lot of Wastelands, and um, I he actually wound up wheeling, couldn't combo off, uh, passed the turn, and I had the crop rotation in my hand, so I just, in response, made the 2020. Mm-hmm. So I was dead the next turn, but he didn't draw the bounce spell. So very lucky. Uh, it's obviously not a really good matchup. Uh, my second matchup was uh, Black Red Reanimator, and it is fa- a fairly good... I mean, it's a fine matchup for lands. Um, game one, he had the... I was on the play, and he had the Chancellor opener, and I had the Mox Diamond to pay the Chancellor tax, and then I had the crop rotation for the Besaidju, so he just kind of... Or for the Bajuka Bog. Mm-hmm. So he went for it, um, got bogged, and then, you know, as long as you can stop... As long as you can stop them on turn one, the matchup gets much, much better. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then um, game two, it was kind of the same thing. Like, I think I had the... Um, he had Faithless Looting. So he, you know, did, he went turn one Faithless Looting. I had the Bajuka Bog in my hand. So it was super, super convenient. I mean, just super lucky. Wasn't mm-hmm. really got that. But after that point, um, my matchups were, I, it was, I know I played Delver four times. Um, I actually didn't drop a, mat, or a game all day. The only game I dropped was actually to uh, Tony Murata, who's um, mm-hmm. into play, the 12th, the, world's greatest 12 plus player mm-hmm. and um we actually drew oh so i got i got game one um he let his uh i have get wastelanded on turn one and um he actually wound up attacking repeatedly with a primeval titan but didn't have anything to go get he was just he i think he could have made 40 mana yeah um, but he just never drew anything so i had a 2020 20 through the air that just kept reappearing and, and clocking him for 20 mm-hmm. and then game two um, he messed with my lands a lot. I messed with his lands a lot. And he just wound up playing like two endurances and a Elvish Reclaimer and attacking mm-hmm. me to death. So I actually don't know how to play that matchup right now. Um, it's very, very difficult, for, I think, for both players, just because there's so much unintuitive interaction between the two of us. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has so many, you know, I can't make a 2020 quickly. I can't even put Dark Depths on the field because he had played Thespian Stage. Right, right. So it's his crop rotations are great. He runs eight. I run, you know, four plus expedition maps. He runs pithing needles to stop wastelands and to stop um, Basajus. So like it's a really, really interesting, difficult matchup. And Tony's a phenomenal player. Yeah. After that, it was Delver, 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 and Elves in the finals. Hmm. Uh, looks like there was also a Merfolk list that top aided though. Uh, there, did, you, did you see any of that action? He was stomping people and i actually i'm a very vocal player so um he was absolutely stomping people and i told he beat a couple of buddies of mine and i told him that i was coming for him and <laughs> the, the big thing i mean obviously the you can see the top eight having island walk on most of your creatures is just huge mm-hmm. but the chalice of uh, the previous tournament was won by eight cast which means eight cast had a really big showing this time and he was playing four main deck chalice of the voids so I know he had on the draw, he just chaliced on zero blindly a couple times and it paid off. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh yeah. So he crushed people with chalice on zero. Um, he ran through Delver players. Uh, and then obviously he ran into the elves player, which is kind of, I would imagine a very bad matchup for him. Mm-hmm. I think these four true name that he's running are the only four true name that have top aided like all year. <laughs> like I can't remember the last time I saw a true name. I mean, I'm, I'm glad it's coming back. It's just so sad that it got its old border printing and then immediately fell out of meta. <laughs> it's, I mean, he, he absolutely nailed, you know, the meta, what to bring um, him and actually Dan Ford, the food chain goblins player kind of just ran roughshod through everybody it's 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 five through eight on that um dan's been working on that food chain list is actually a second top eight in a row and um i mean he he was turned to muxusing people which is something (laughs) i didn't i didn't think was possible (laughs) but between you know turn two muxus and then just the goblin threat density it's i don't what a top eight Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which also shows you know just the power of blue red delver i mean you have 
three blue, three blue, three, three blue red Delver decks, and then you know four decks that are specifically designed to kill blue red Delver. Right, right. Like which is which is just insane. Because um, I don't think Delver. I don't know. I don't necessarily think anything should go from Delver. I think it's a very, it's a very playable deck. Like it's very, you could, it's very beatable. Mm-hmm. Um, but despite the fact that it's so good and it's obviously the best thing you should be doing, yeah. I don't necessarily feel like anything super oppressive in it. Which I know is a, uh, it's yeah, it's kind of like a controversial like, opinion. Yeah, yeah. like it, as as someone who likes to play blue red Delver, like I I don't personally like the 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 iteration it's in currently. Just it's not my favorite like flavor of blue red, but um yeah that, i mean there's all always called you know calls to ban you know i've seen people saying banning creatures isn't enough anymore you need to ban yeah. some of the cantrips and yada yada i've seen people float you know banning force of will which opens up a whole can of worms as to is that actually like the you know the path you want to take and you know what 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 that would also do to the format as a whole and um yeah there's been some interesting we'll call them interesting takes on that on that <laughs> conundrum that we have right now for sure yeah, I just don't. I mean, the deck does definitely doesn't look fun to play. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think any of the cards it casts are fun right now. Um, but I definitely think it's beatable, despite being by far and away the best deck. Because like, yeah. it can, it can just be like he, they. Um, Tony Murata actually lost to a the Delver player, mm-hmm. and I'm not ex- I'm not exactly sure how that happened. Um, but it's Delver, so they can just win. Right. If your draw is not that good, you just lose the game. Yep. 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 Yeah, they're they're just they're just fast enough, man. The Delver's just fast enough, and they're adaptable enough to what's going, what the other decks are doing. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, the finals matchup was, uh, I mean, that's about the best matchup that you could ask for with lands. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very losable the elves matchup, but they can't kill your tabernacle. So it's like right. turn one tabernacle really stops everything that they can do for the most yeah. part. Um, I believe I should have lost game two. Um, I punted, so I should have won, then should have lost, then I won anyway. Um, mm-hmm. I had the double crop rotation into the Merit Lodge, um, and then he he tapped out for uh, Natural Order into Progenitus. I'm really bad at reading cards a lot of the time, and <laughs> looking looking at Progenitus, it should have flying, right? You would think. Yeah, you would think. It doesn't actually fly. It's just really big. <laughs> it's, it's touching the ground. I know its heads are in the clouds, but it's it's still it's it's walking. Like it, or it's like it, it fails the birds test, right? Isn't it if it's above a bird or below a bird? Like it's above the clouds, it's up there. So I actually thought that Progenitus had flying. So he tapped out for a natural order. Um got made the Progenitus. I waited one turn and he actually natural ordered again for the uh for the crater hoof to kill me. Mm-hmm. Um that just made the merit lodge block the crater hoof and kill them. So if he would have thought of that line which he probably didn't think I had it because I would have done it the turn before. Um, he could have went and got the Endurance to punish me. So the Endurance actually would have blocked the Merit Lodge, and then I would have died to the crackback. Mm-hmm. So played bad, played bad, but I gave him no reason to play around to 2020 because I would have done it the, day, the turn before if I was any good. <laughs> nice. Other than that, it was, a, it was a really fun event. These guys are running. Um, they're just gaining steam with uh, Arizona Magic Series games. Uh, Gamers Guild is actually a brand new, pretty much brand new venue. Um, they have a lot of money behind it, so it's super nice. A great staff, really cushy chairs, and plenty of <laughs> plenty of room for it. Like they're really nice, expensive chairs. They sell them if you would like to purchase one. Uh, but they're doing a great job. And then the next one is actually April twenty third um, up in Scottsdale, Arizona. So nice. yeah, at the end of the month, we'll have another winner. And I cannot go to that because I will believe I will be um, bachelor partying in Vegas. Oh, nice. Nice. Uh, now, the real question, though, is how close is it to the nearest by the bucket? <laughs> That's what we really need to know. That's... Is there a by the bucket Scottsdale coming? I think there was. I think yeah, there was. There's, there's a white, we have a White Castle up there now. See, I think White Castle like sucks. I've been to White Castle when I was when I was younger, like maybe 1819. I was like, oh, I like Harold and Kumar had just like come out like mm-hmm. recently. I'm like, I got to go check out the White Castle. I got like, I don't know, a 20 sack. Me and my brother split. It. I'm like, oh, these are just steakums. Like, not that great. <laughs> um, so when I was in high school, also Harold and Kumar had just come out. And uh, me and my friends looked up where the closest White Castle was, and it was in Harlem. 
So, yeah, the, one I went to was, the one I went to was in Brooklyn when I was visiting my brother in New York. Oh, see, we got like cheapo Funwa tickets, which for those who don't know, the Funwa bus is a bus line that goes from Boston to New York for as cheap as humanly possible. Yeah. Oh, and they're, it's like they're terrifying to ride on, by the way. Yeah. The last time the last time I was on one, uh, I my person sitting in the seat next to me was actually a chicken in a cage i am not <laughs> joking <laughs> i sat next to an actual chicken in a cage <laughs> were they polite at least they were very polite very oh, polite <laughs> and yeah these buses are famous for exploding and tipping over and yeah the, you know, yeah they're lots of accidents you, you literally are trading you're trading like a certain like basically you're valuing you're you're doing a risk to reward ratio, like like <laughs> like calculation, right? Like, is my is is like a three percent increase in the potential of death or serious injury worth <laughs> saving forty dollars? And you got to do that math. That's because because you can get from Boston to New York for like twelve bucks. <laughs> it's like twelve bucks yeah. a ticket. <laughs> yeah, it's like, do you want? But do you want to ride like underneath? Like uh, a boxcar on a railroad track, like a hobo. You get that that's basically what you're what you're wagering there. Uh, it's it's all it's all what your risk tolerance is. I yeah, guess. and uh, we decided that that was a worthy risk tolerance, so we uh, we took the bus down to uh, Harlem. Couple of just you know suburban clueless kids going in, just going to a White Castle after a like six hour travel. Yep, yep. And how was it, Jerry? <laughs> it was pretty disgusting. I'm yeah, not gonna terrible, lie. Right? <laughs> it was a fast food place in Harlem. It wasn't very good. <laughs> yeah, I tried. So I tried the one out here, and when I had it, all I could think was, "This is exactly what it tastes like when you buy the frozen ones and then just microwave them." Yep. Like it was yep. soggy for some. Like the buns were soggy. Like there were onions everywhere. Oh. Like, were, like it's almost like they made the. And I, I bet you people that are from New York are like, yeah, no, the onions. But it's like they made the burgers and then or sliders, and then took a handful of the onions and then just threw it into the bag and then split <laughs> it all over the. So it's like, I was in my car because why would you be anywhere else? Right. And like there were onions everywhere. I, I think uh, Harold and Kumar owe all of us uh, a big apology. Yeah, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna just say if you want um, something, you know, if you want a better like fast like fast casual dining destination that's local, Jerry, I highly recommend New York Lunch in One Socket. They serve uh, New York system style wieners, and they are fantastic. You just get like half a dozen wieners all the way, and you will be extremely satisfied. So to to to, to defend Harold and Kumar here, were any of us stoned out of our minds? Yes. No, Jerry was. <laughs> Jerry was. I already knew Jerry was. I mean, I was not. Okay. Okay. So because I was not. So I, I felt like that was what I was missing. Yeah, yeah that chicken passed me a blunt on the fun law bus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Boston, I will Boston. Jerry to Jerry turn the chicken cage into a gravity bomb. We all know that. Like that. <laughs> I will say uh, in perfect, like stereotypical New York fashion, we got off the bus and we like stopped a walker by on the sidewalk. It's like, excuse me, how do we get to Harlem? And they just looked at us and laughed and then walked away <laughs> without saying anything else. <laughs> Were you holding the chicken at the same time still though? <laughs> no, I was not holding the chicken. Okay, it, okay. it was wasn't not your my chicken. chicken. No, it wasn't <laughs> my chicken. It was just sitting next to me on the bus. That's <laughs> how did the chicken get twelve dollars to ride the bus? That's what I want to know. <laughs> That's what I want to know too. <laughs> More importantly, imagine if along the way you guys could have stopped and gotten a bucket of spaghetti. Exactly, it would have been way better. I would one hundred percent. I would one hundred percent go. I don't see. I've never eaten spaghetti buckets, but having eaten White Castle, I would one hundred percent take the chance of spaghetti buckets. There's no way it could be worse than White Castle. No way. It's pretty hard to mess up spaghetti. Like you don't, you don't boil. You either you don't boil it enough, or you don't, or you boil it too much. Like that's yeah, the only like, really. There's a lot ways. of preparation. There's a lot of like. I I disagree. I disagree that that you, it's hard to mess up spaghetti. I mean, like like cooking it. Sure, yeah, it's difficult to mess up. But like, I guess you know where you win or lose the game is in the sauce, right? It's yeah, like banana the, ketchup. Yeah, what's the sauce like? Well, no, that's not in buckets of spaghetti, right? That's in the that's in that awful other thing that we saw. The uh, people like Jolly Bee. Jolly Bee, yeah, people like it. People like a lot of things. People people like to uh, send their chickens down in New York in a, on a fucking Fung Wah bus, but you know, it's not for everyone, I guess. Not for everybody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What can you do? What can you do? 
<laughs> Anyways, uh, I think that uh, the world would be a better place if everyone had a bit more spaghetti and a bit more legacy in their life. <laughs> I, I agree with with at least one of those sentiments. For sure. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Um, do we got anything else from uh, the event you wanted to talk about, Anthony? No, the adventures, the events are great. Um, we're having a whole lot of fun out here. Uh, the next event, strangely, is a uh, Popper 1K this weekend. Oh, no, we were we actually just talked with, about Popper with Brian Cook last week, and Jerry and I we need to do our Popper stream. Jerry, I want to, I want, I've been like looking at Popper decks online. I want to build one, like take it out. I think actually even ELD is doing like a uh, team trios this weekend with with Popper Legacy and something else. I can't remember. All right. I think- Popper's a big deal. I think it's a lot of fun. It has a lot of really good gameplay uh, lines, um, a lot of deck building choices, and they do a pretty good job at banning out, especially with the new uh, that Popper format panel. Right, right. Um, format feels great, um, and hopefully this weekend we all have a, we all have a great time. I know a lot of people will be getting to the format for the first time, so I'm sure there'll be a lot of Burn and Delver players. Yeah, you know, the, the decks that transcend formats. Yeah, of course. Yep, of course. Oh yeah. Um, I just looked it up. The ELD team trio is this Saturday. Is this Sunday, April tenth? It's Popper Modern and Legacy. That's pretty sweet. That is pretty sweet. I'm uh, I'm down to do a Popper screen. Let's do it, Pat. I know we keep saying we've said that for the last like three weeks, but we really we gotta sit down and like and just do it, man. I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting for I you. I know it's all it's uh, it's all falls on me. I know. I understand that. <laughs> like crown weighs heavy true true no it really has just been like uh, i've been working weekends and working nights and i've just haven't had any free time but we will get one in i promise i promise excellent excellent yeah so uh weird question though um so going back to the the whole delver thing um what deck would any what play style would anyone be okay with being the dominant play style esper stone blade <laughs> Really? And speaking of, I, I I bring that up because, Pat, you know, last week when I said uh, I was going to get hate mail for saying Esper Stoneblade wasn't playable anymore. Uh-huh. I got Jeremy Tibbetts. He he wanted to make sure the, the record was uh, known. Uh, he sent me uh, his list and he uh, just uh, five owed two legacy leagues with us with Esper Stoneblade. Okay. Uh, so he, he wanted to set the record straight. There is still a glimmer of hope with Esper. But see, to seriously answer your question, Anthony, I feel like uh, some form of mid range would be good. Like either like back, going back to like the Maverick rug esper like rock paper scissor meta i thought i thought was a pretty good meta but that's just me personally okay okay i guess i get that pat um honestly like i think blue or delver is a fine top deck like it's a fine top dog in my opinion um because it's just it has weaknesses to other decks it's like a it's like a pretty fair deck i think tempo decks are just fun to play and play against in general but like I also didn't hate the format when Miracles was the best deck. You know what I mean? Like I, I mean, I didn't didn't love like the countertop lock. That was kind of a frustrating thing to play against. But I don't know, man. That's a really good question, actually. Like, what deck would I be okay with to be like the top, like the S tier deck in Legacy? Yeah, I mean, any like any like a mid, I guess any mid range deck really. Like that's interactive. I guess you know, like um, even like Grixis Delver was a fun deck to play against. Like not not necessarily with like Deathrite Shaman, but like I don't mind playing against like Grixis Delver, um, something yeah, like some kind of Delver like tempo or mid range deck in my opinion, um, just because like they are they always they always have vulnerabilities to other decks, you know. So you guys are just like blue red Delver to be half a turn slower. Is that what is that what would like, classify like, go to mid range? So so listen, my favorite like blue red Delver deck was the Prowess version, like the, like which was like an oh, underpowered. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that that was the <laughs> underpowered version, but it was just it was so much fun to play. Like I really loved playing like with the like Probe and Swift Spear. I just I've said it a thousand times, but it was just like a really it was like my you know my glory days of playing blue red Delver. So I I wouldn't mind like taking out a bunch of these new creatures, like just ripping them out of the format, like for all the decks, to be honest with you. Like I I haven't loved like what fire, like philosophy has done to the legacy format, to be honest, like it's made it less fun to play in my opinion. Um, Just because like every, the speed at which the format evolves was, I always liked when it was kind of like 
it would plot along. You know what I mean? Like small little changes. And now it just seems like every time a master sets released, there's like, it, it just gets shaken up quite a bit and, and balancing the format has become harder and harder, I guess. But yeah, any, any mid range deck, <laughs> any mid range Delver deck is fine with me. I think that comes back to a lot of us are older. So we started playing legacy when it was still a different format than the new formats. Right. So now we're essentially playing, you know, modern heavy or, you know, modern masters with dual lands kind of a thing as opposed to, yeah. Yeah. But as opposed to playing the format that we wanted to play. Yeah. That's a really good way of putting it actually. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like the, that's the, it's the, it's the modern masters legacy format. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause even, even lands is, and I'm primarily a non blue player. Mm -hmm. Um, so I've played Death and Taxes, Lands, but I played Maverick was huge for me. Um, but mostly just the non, most competitive non-blue thing, in my opinion, is what I usually play. Mm-hmm. Um, and even Lands, the amount of, the influx of new cards they've received recently, um, you know, in the last two years, like you can't even play most of them. Like Malakad yeah. Expiration is, you know, gone from the new toy to nothing you know ghost quarter is not played or isn't even played anymore agent tombs not played anymore now you mm-hmm. have but you're the sideboards all new cards too it's endurances and uh yep endurances force of vigors i mean we still get you know chokes and pyros but the most part the big heavy hitters for even a, a deck as obscure as lands are still all new cards right right which is super super weird for a format like legacy <laughs> yep Yep. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, yeah. Again, like, I hate to be the curmudgeon and be like, ah, I don't like any of these new cards. And because, like, because there have been some that, like, make that are, like, legitimately fun to play with. You know what I mean? But, um, like, I feel like the Goblins deck, like, the way it's gotten better with, like, Muxus and whatnot has been cool. And, like, I have no problem with that. But, yeah, I just, like, I like it when it raises, like, shitty tier decks. Not, not, not to say that they, like, the decks are shit, but, like, they're just not top tier decks. I like it when they kind of raise them into significance versus taking something that's already like moderately powerful and putting it over the top. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, that's less interesting to me. That's less fun for me. I, I don't want legacy to be like a, a format where there's one clear, uh, you know, deck that's better than everything else. And that's what everyone flocks to and plays is that's just not nearly as fun. Like the, the, the meta, the, the, the card pool is so deep that it seems like a shame that we're not seeing, you know, I don't know, back in like 20, you know, 2015, 2016, like I, I would see all kinds of decks at tournaments, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah, I'm probably just being a little bit too much like get off my lawn kind of guy. But um, yeah, I would like to see us get back to, I don't know, people like playing everything that's out there, you know, I don't know. What was the last time you saw like reanimator, you know, like black, blue, red reanimator or, or uh, black, red, you know what I mean? like blue, black reanimator, black. No, now it's black, red, but, but yeah, blue, red, blue, black reanimator. Like I miss decks, seeing decks like that, you know, I, I don't know. I, I still think the meta is very diverse right now. I think there's lots of different decks to choose from. It's just those decks are not what we were used to. And I mm. I think there's definitely some you know nostalgia creeping in. I don't necessarily think Legacy's in a bad place. It's definitely it's definitely been in a worse place. Yeah, that's all that's true. You're How right. do you sorry I have all the questions apparently tonight? How do you feel about Legacy having two fast force of will decks? Because this is the first time that there have been two aggressive Force of Will decks legal at the same time. Um, and that's obviously the, the eight-cast deck and the blue-red aggro. I don't really think that's true, though, depending on how much you like differentiate the different Delver decks. Like I, I, Those are the same. <laughs> Del- <laughs> well, I mean, no, like Rug Delver and Blue-Red Delver and Grixis Delver and Bug Delver, like they, they're all different. So, like, I mean, Force of Will has always been like 25% plus minimum of the format so i think the fact that there's two different decks doesn't really necessarily matter because the same number of force of wills total are pretty much being played i wonder if, that, I wonder if that's true i wonder if more i wonder if more force of wills are being played now because of the cast deck yeah i mean there was always like there was delver and then like there was the freaking karn uh like urza saga deck i don't that did, actually did that deck run force will maybe i'm mis- misremembering it but i don't know i think there's there's a, a certain number of force of wills in the game and it doesn't really change that much meta to meta yeah, that makes sense i just think with the or i felt especially recently with the second the second fast, especially since it's a Chalice Force of Will, Force of Negation deck, um, that the world's gotten very hostile for the the non-interactive combo players. Hmm. Yeah, I can see that. 
because I mean, there's the the typical blue players will play Blue Delver, the, mm -hmm. and then the non-typical blue players are going to play this artifact semi combo semi force of will pile. Like it's really hard to actually define the 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 eight cast deck. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's always a bunch of uh, kind of blurring the lines between lists though especially when all these new decks are evolving like you just said like the lands discord just had a split into two dis discords you know is <laughs> is eight mulch now an official you know completely separate deck you know where, where do we actually draw the line where is it you know different flavors of the same deck and where is it two completely separate decks because I would say Bug Delver and Blue Red Delver are two completely separate decks, but is but uh, Rug Delver and Blue Red Delver not that much? Is Rug Delver to Bug Delver not di that different? You know, not that much. So, you know, it's all a gradient. And you just made me want to play Shard Shardless Bug again. Yeah, I think that's the real answer. <laughs> the real answer is we all got to get back to Shardless Bug days. <laughs> that was so good. That deck was so much fun. Like Shard Shardless Agent into him to Torok. Yeah, that is pretty sweet. <laughs> but like, imagine, like, imagine that is just not nearly good enough now. Like, you just, no. it's just not good enough, you know? And like, I don't know. I guess things change. We had one of our local, local superheroes who actually I know listens to the cast. Um, his name's PJ. And he was actually on the, the rug rhino list, mm -hmm. which looks like the most fun you can have playing Legacy. I think he was, you know, instant speed on your turn, his turn zero. Yep. Make two, oh, this make is the Crash Rhinos deck. Yeah, whatever. the Crash yeah, yeah. Rhinos deck. Yep, like, it just yep. is the most fun you can have playing playing Magic. I yeah, think. that's pretty awesome. That is pretty yeah. awesome. I, I don't think it actually gets better than that. <laughs> oh man, make Legacy great again. That's all I say. <laughs> so that's that's a deck I lost to. Um, I lost to <laughs> I lost to Gary Wong on that deck because every card he drew, it could have been I had no idea what it was. He could, could have been anything. He was just drawing out of a trade. He was drawing out of a trade binder. <laughs> That's amazing. Like, That's like amazing. Basic basic lands, um, main deck bounce spells because he ran four or some number of brazen borrowers. Like oh, four, nice. Force of wills, force <laughs> negations, like a lot of blood moons. Like it, it was wild. I know him and uh, um, Gary Wong and Jim Dudek both took that deck for a bunch of spins. Oh, nice. Definitely looks like the most fun you could you could have playing Magic. I love that. Yeah, that, that's. <clears throat> I wish I had more of my collection. Like I, I kind of ended up paring my collection down a little bit. I wish I had a little bit more of it still, so I could like try out some of these other decks. But that's what that's what Magic Online's for. Yeah, but that's <laughs> even that's gotten like ex like pretty like prohibitively expensive though. Unfortunately, yeah. right? True. True. Yeah, the new the new Magic Online economy with the uh, the new limited cards is kind of unreal. Yeah, yeah, it's an eh, it's what can you do? What was it? It's like the last one was hundred dollar Kappa Cannoneers, right? Oh, oh my god, that's yeah. insane! That is insane. Yeah, I mean, it's, it makes no sense. I mean, it makes makes perfect sense, but it makes no sense. And it makes me think. I mean, it makes me wish that Magic Online went to like a you know collection economy as opposed mm -hmm. to like an actual real money making scheme. Uh, it, it's gonna be interesting. I mean. Uh, we're gonna see what what is it leaping with not leaping lizards what's the company that just bought it i forget i forget some company just bought it out so i wonder if they're gonna oh have yeah any, have any say into the economy of the game uh, or not i I, don't, I think i think they're i i i doubt it i feel like their role would be more just keeping it functional and you know what i mean i think that they're they're pot committed at this point you know like the economy is gonna die slowly over time is as better programs come out, like as they switch more and more to arena. Um, I mean, the writing's on the wall for the MTGO economy, but they could, people have put so much money into it. I don't know if they could just pull the rug out from under it, you know, yeah, in, in yeah. one day, that would just be a huge, I don't even know what that would I don't even know what would happen. Which makes me wonder. It's like, why are they inflating the prices of everything? Like you would think in order to minimize outrage, you want the prices to be as low as possible so people don't have these like astronomical claims against you. Like, oh, I lost, you know, I lost a uh, hundred thousand dollars in Kappa Cannoneers because you guys pulled the plug on Magic Online. Mm -hmm. And everyone knows people that treat it like treat it like the stock market and actually try to short the cards with the rental fee companies. Oh like, yeah, it's it's super, it's wild. I don't I don't have the patience or you know thought capacity to ever want to do something like that mm -hmm. um but people do i mean you know buy as many as you can sell them for a profit 
and then somehow get them back to the rental company. Right. Like that's that's insane logic. The fact that yeah yeah it's a it's supposed to be a game, you know, a child's game at the end of it, you know, at the end of the day. Insider trading isn't illegal in the magic market. Right. <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say. You're not gonna get not gonna send to Martha Stewart jail for uh, violating <laughs> some Gappa Cannoneer insider trading. <laughs> it was the last. I think Muxus was the last one that happened. Like it was just you know card scarcity. Yep. And right. Then, but- the turtle was only available in special packs, right? Like they couldn't open it up in anything else. It was only like reward. Mm-hmm. Yep. Something yep. silly like that. Right. Obviously, I don't know the words for Magic Online. I only play Popper on Magic Online. Well, anything else we got, Pat, before we close out tonight? Uh, no, I, that's, that's, uh, I think it was pretty good. Got lots Excellent. of zucchini talk in, pasta talk, brown pizza stock. I, I loved it. And Excellent. some legacy. We'll some legacy in there. Excellent. Uh, Anthony, before we go, do you have a uh, anti-work story that you'd like to share with the uh, the listeners? An anti-work story? Yes. I wish I have a very I have a very cush, nice job. So um, I don't I'm bad. I'm bad to ask for this. <laughs> uh, we okay. it, it's it's pretty 50 50. We we quite a few of our guests have like, no, nah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm coasting. I'm coasting. I'm I'm under the radar. Everything's yeah, like my day to my day today was like light computer work and Elden Ring, which is awful. I've never played one of their games before and I'm having a terrible time. Um, but I will get through it. I will persevere somehow. Yeah, that that was my work day today. So I don't really know how much more I can complain. Um, tomorrow I have to go tomorrow. I actually have to work, but today it was computer stuff at home. Yeah. I, I have one of those jobs, but I spent gotcha. 14 years in a kit in kitchens. So I was a line cook. I was a banquet chef. I was an oh, executive chef. You don't, like, you don't, ha- you don't have any like terrible restaurant stories for me. According to Gordon Ramsay, every single restaurant is just a garbage fire behind the scenes, a thin veneer of fancy, uh decor but behind the scenes is chaos well technical one gordon ramsay is the nicest person in the world if you ever get to meet him <laughs> like he's absolutely great um but kitchen stories i mean there's one i mean i've been kitchen so much that one christmas uh my in-laws got me a zoodler <laughs> excellent <laughs> that's, that's pretty rough like when you get zoodlers for christmas right um, <laughs> You never know if it's a zoodle. We can't confirm it's a zoodle, right? You haven't opened it yet. It's a zoodle or a cat, but or maybe a goldfish, like a sure. lizard or something. Sure. I mean, it'd just be a box of scorpions, I think, would be the best case scenario. <laughs> Why hasn't he died yet? We gave him that box of scorpions years ago. Uh, so, I mean, I have a guy, I have my best friend. Um, he won't be listening to this, but um, I was his, I was his boss for a while. And we actually have a really nice. Uh, there's a re- there's a five star um, Native American restaurant and a Native American resort out here in Phoenix called uh, Sheraton Wild Horse, and great property. They have this the only five star restaurant in Arizona was out here, and um, it's awesome. So he graduates culinary school. You know, he walks through the door door the door of the resort, and he's like from this small podunk town of Mandan, North Dakota. Mm-hmm. So I mean, he's never seen big resorts or really anything. Like graduated from graduated from school, moved to Arizona, wanted to make it in the world. He walks through the doors of uh, this kitchen, and he's like, "I want to be a chef here." And they look at him. You know, it's all grown men that have worked there for five, ten years. Like he's fresh out of culinary school, kicking down the door of one of the nicest restaurants. And they're like, "Go see Anthony downstairs," because I was running the outlets, mm-hmm. um, like, a, <laughs> like a three three meal a day restaurant. And um, he comes downstairs. He's like, I want to work at Kai. And I was like, well, how about you work downstairs with me? So he winds up working downstairs and we're having a great time. And his big problem is that he was fresh out of culinary school. And, you know, the a big discrepancy that people have with restaurants and not restaurants is mm-hmm. you go to culinary school. That means absolutely nothing. Like, yeah, right. Yeah, like that means bare minimum. Like, you know what the stuff's called. You know, I mean, it's just like school for anything else, you know, whatever your guys' day jobs are. Like the guy that got out of training kicks down the door and says, I want to be the boss now. Like if you, you know, hit him with a forklift or something. And my buddy's there. And one day we're, we're, you know, we're talking and how to make it, you know, it was on the fly. We had to make hollandaise and uh, which is, you guys have had hollandaise, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's like a yeah, butter sauce. So here's a, here's something you probably didn't want to know. Uh, in restaurants, um, we make hollandaise with a blender most of the time. Uh, really? 
I mean, really? yeah, it makes sense if you're trying to like make a like large, like super large quantities, right? Super large quantities make it super fast. If, yeah. If you, think of, if you think of the blender blades, like, uh, like little whisks, it's moving very fast, you know? Yeah. Like you yeah. can get a lot of whipping in. So we're there and you always, uh, you always have the emulsion, you know, you always have some sort of lemon or some sort of acid, usually lemon to help, um, you know, work the proteins of the egg yolks when you're getting ready before you add the butter. Mm-hmm. We didn't have any lemons. So we had, uh, we had limes. <laughs> and I, I still feel bad to my friend. And he's like, as I was, I was a lot younger at the time. And this is an anti-Gordon Ramsay story. Like it's the Gordon, Ra- <laughs> it's the Gordon Ramsay and all of us. Yeah. And he's like, um, we don't have lemons. And I'm like, you use limes because we're busy. You know, yeah. the restaurant's popping off. I need holidays to sell a filet. I really don't care what kind of asset it is. We're busy. Right. And he's like, we don't have any lemons. We need, we only have limes. And I'm like, use you need to, you need to use limes. He's like, I'm not using limes. It's not in the recipe. <laughs> and I reached down to the fruit bowl underneath me and I fastballed a lime through the kitchen straight at his head, which caused, <laughs> which caused him to drop the blender on the blender stand, which oh, caused no. the top to pop off. Oh, <laughs> which no. coated him and the entire back room with Hollandaise. Oh, oh man. <laughs> so you're his anti-work story. Yeah. You, oh, yeah. You're, you're the one showing up on anti-work. This is our first manager story. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, you said Gordon Ramsay, so it's, it's the Gordon Ramsay inside of all of us. It's not, yeah. you know, the Gordon Ramsay is the one we Excellent. share with our friends. <laughs> somehow he's still my friend. I think we have that story. I mean, I, I definitely threw polenta at him once and he, he was a bigger guy that didn't wear an undershirt. So he had to spend the entire day with, polenta stuck to his sweaty skin that sucks (laughs) he still talks about he's still mad about it it's been like 10 years it's been like 10 years he's gonna get you back someday that's what it is one day one day he will hit me with these my my, my wedding's in may i could be getting polenta (laughs) but that's all i really have it's the gordon ramsay and all of us hey i like it i love it awesome well thanks for coming on this week man it was good it was good talking to you and talking about legacy and also regional cuisine I know a lot of regional cuisine. And you guys obviously need to try Filipino fast food, Hawaiian fast food, and spaghetti by the bucket. I'm down. I'm down for all I'm of down with all of this. Go. Yeah, that sounds great. Oh, and best news, best news that I've heard in a while. Do you guys have still have Fazoli's back east? I've heard of Fazoli's, but it's not so I don't think it's something that we have up here. It's it's fast food Italian, and I don't where is it? I want to know where it is. But we just learned Arizona. They just announced they're building another one in Arizona, and I'm stupid. It's from Texas, it looks like. Mm-hmm. Oh no, I'm sorry. It's from Kentucky. Ah, okay. Huh. It's yeah. It's fast food Italian, and that comes. I think we get an, we get another one of those, or we get one of those soon. I hope. What good What good fast food do you guys have besides all of it? I mean, I don't. I'm not like a big fast food guy in general. Like if I go to if I go somewhere to eat, I'll sit down for like a like a nice like I have no problem paying like big money for like great meals but like i'm not a big fast food connoisseur but i'm ridiculous I'm okay next <laughs> next next time i'm on uh on the chat i'll have to you'll have to have a better answer than that all right fair <laughs> enough new, new, new england doesn't really have regional fast food because our regional fast food just takes over the like just spreads like i would say like probably Dunkin donuts more- was regional fast food at one point yeah, like oh, yeah. Dunkin' Donuts is pretty much New England's regional fast food, and it's it's pretty much everywhere. Yeah, Boston terrible. Market. Now it's terrible, by the way. They, they, Boston, there are more there, there are more Boston markets in Florida than Boston. <laughs> like <laughs> you could have told me this if this was like my million dollar um who wants to be a millionaire question. Like there if you would have said there are zero Boston markets in Boston. I don't know what I would have said. Like you could could convince me that there are zero Boston markets in Boston. It's a big thing. A lot of stores do like all these like pizza shops and places. It'll be like Boston house of pizza. And it's in like Wakefield's 40 minutes, like outside of city limits. And they're like Boston house of pizza. A lot of places like to claim they're Boston when they're really not, you know, it's, 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 I mean, I'm from the West Coast. It's all Boston to me. You know, it's all right, Boston. Right. Anything. Yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, you guys are what? It's cue, cue the the spaceman meme. It's like it was all Boston. It always was. <laughs> it always was. <laughs> I mean, you guys are talking about like Boston and New York being this giant trek. It's like what, two hundred miles? 
Yeah, maybe it's, it's. I don't think it's very far. It's not very far. It's only a couple hours. Yeah, we got we have big states out here. No, I get it. Yeah, I get big it. states Listen, full I, of nothing. I, I grew up in I grew up in Rhode Island where you could literally like bike the entire length of the state in a single day. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> Rhode Island, the tiniest state. It's great though. I'm telling you, if you've never been, it's a wonderful place. Love Rhode Island. One day, I think we're going to. The, I think we're going to New York this fall. I have family nice. back there. I nice. think everyone has family back there. But, State or, yeah. or city? Both. I think okay. I have family in Long, my, Long Island, and then my fiance's best friend is in city. Oh, nice. nice. So we will be all over the place. Awesome. But once again, thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. thanks for coming on, man. It was good, good chatting. For sure. Good chatting. <laughs> all right, Pat, you going to sing us out? Uh, I'm not going to sing. I'm going to say thanks for everyone for hanging out. Uh, Anthony, thank you again. If you want to support the show... Uh, you can visit the Patreon and uh, and yeah, be, be good to each other and we'll catch you all next week. Bye. Bye.